Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Happy third Sunday of Lent, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're almost halfway through Lent. Now, after this week is fourth week, and then we'll have two more weeks before we enter into Holy Week. So, so Lent is quickly passing by. How are we doing this Lent? How has our Lenten observances been going? Um, how's our prayer, our fasting, our almsgiving? Um, and if we have fallen short, it's okay. Don't give up. We can always start over again. Just because, you know, we, we, we mess up one day or one week, it, it, it doesn't mean it's all over, right? Every day is a new beginning. Every day is, is a new opportunity for us to get back up and keep going. That's what's called a journey, right? It's, 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 it's our Lenten journey. Um, and so um, if you went to Mass today, or if you participated via virtually or on the radio or on TV, wherever you may be, you may have heard one of two sets of readings. Um, currently, we're in year C, so, but the rubrics allow us to read year A readings. And especially for, you know, at masses where we have the people who are getting ready to receive the sacraments to, um, to have year A's readings being proclaimed. And, and year A's gospel reading is the woman at the well. You know, uh, and, and, and year A's readings are typically taken from the gospel of John and, and they're called character gospels. They are all gospels that talk about conversion, that talk about, um, our Lord's work of, of encounter, of, of, of healing. And, and so that is meant to, to help deepen our faith and our conversion. Um, but today for our, our reflection, since the Lenten conference that I've been doing is on a woman at the well, I figured I would focus this reflection on your C's reading. And which uh, our first reading comes from the book of um, Exodus, where we hear about Moses and God at the, in a burning bush. And also in the gospel, we hear about um, Jesus talking about the fig tree and also about um, how not to think just because some people died a certain way, that their sin is greater than someone else. But we'll get into that in a bit. But first, you know, in the first reading, 
Moses, while he was while he was doing his normal work, okay, while Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, there he saw a bush that was um, on fire, but yet not consumed. Think about that. I, sometimes I, I think we 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 forget that. You know, I I have that the burning bush. Yes, it was burning. But the bush was not consumed. And yet the flames were, were, were oh, and by the way, for, for those who are watching, instead of listening to this, um, my background is an image of Moses at, at the burning bush. Um, and, and, and so our Lord comes close to man here, right? We can see that it is our Lord who has drawn close to Moses. And so now Moses draws close to God, or, or at least draws close to this um, amazing scene of a burning bush. And, and as he reaches there, he hears a voice saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. And he's been told to take his shoes off because the land that he's on is holy. It's, it's holy ground. And so... The bush where the voice says that I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he goes on to say that he has heard the cry of the Israelites. And he has saw and witnessed their affliction. And so... He has now come to set them free with your help, Moses. And so Moses is sending, I'm sorry. So, and so now God is sending Moses to send a message to the, to, to, to the Israelites, but also to lead them, to lead them out of slavery in Egypt to the land of, the, of, of freedom. And so Moses says, okay, well, uh, well what should I tell them? What if they ask me, what is your name? What's, what, what, what do I say? And God said, I am who am. Tell them I am has sent you. You know, this is an, an interesting name. You know, for the first time in all of, of history, God reveals his name to Moses, to man. Think about that. Think, think about the importance of a name, right? An, a name is very powerful. You know, you know um, for those of us who are trained in CPR or, or first aid or in the medical field, um, the first thing you, you try to get them, get someone who, who is unconscious or, or is not feeling well, you, you ask them, you know, how are you? What is your name? What is your name? Right? And also, if we just think about our normal day-to-day -day interactions, you know, when we're in a new environment and we are meeting someone, someone new, what do we say? Hi, my name is so-and-so. What's your name? Right? And why do we do that? We do that because, one, we, are, well, we, is, you know, we, we want to get to know them. We want to let them get to know us. Maybe we want to be friends. We want to 
um, grow in friendship. And so when someone re reveals their name to another, they're really saying, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to get to know you better. That's what our Lord is telling Moses and telling all of us is that he wants to have a personal relationship with us. Do we? Do we want a personal relationship with, with the Lord? You know, and as we know from, from, from our, our own human experience, we can't force ourselves on other people and we can't demand to be someone's friends, right? It doesn't work. It must be mutual. It must be reciprocal. And so God won't force himself on us, brothers and sisters. But he makes it known that he is a personal God, that he is a relational God, and that he has come close to us so that we, so that we may draw close to him. But do we want to? That's the question. Do we want to, to draw close to God who has drawn close to us? That's a question that we must ask ourselves, right? So how? If we do, how do we do this? With prayer. With prayer. Because prayer really is our one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. And then, and another thing that, I, that I'll, I'll, I'll highlight from the first reading here is also G, that God says, I have witnessed the affliction of my people. God sees the people. God sees the sufferings of the people. God sees our sufferings, brothers and sisters. God sees how our burdens are affecting us. God sees the things that cause us worry and anxiety and pain. He sees that. And he furthers on, he says, I have come down to rescue them. Right? God has seen our afflictions. God has seen our sufferings. And he has come to rescue us from them. How? By sending his only begotten son to save us from really the root, the root of our suffering. And that is sin. God has come to rescue us by sending his son who died on the cross and who nailed onto that cross the eternal consequences of sin and death so that we might be free. So brothers and sisters, God sees our sufferings. When we are in the midst of troubles or when we are in the midst of, of pain, never for, feel alone. Never forget that God is with us. That God sees us. And he has come to rescue us. And we see this rescuer in the gospel. Where Jesus is being told that there are some people who are dying, and um, um, and and Jesus says, you know, don't don't think just because someone died in a very 
bad manner that they're more sinful than anyone else. Meaning, just because someone died in a tragedy, it doesn't mean they were a bad person. Right? And in the in in the ancient times, in the times of our Lord, people who are sick, people who were afflicted, they were seen to be, be, be cursed, be not blessed by God. And so for our Lord to say this, it was really a, a countercultural message, something that really challenged them because they said, Well, we've always learned that to be blessed by God means to be rich, to be healthy, and all these things. But but our Lord now is saying, just because someone is sick or afflicted with something, or died in a tragic way, it doesn't mean they're cursed. And the same for us in today's world. And I think, although it's not the same as it is then, sometimes this mentality still creeps in. When, when, when something bad happens to someone, sometimes in our, our, our um, I don't even know how to describe it, some, sometimes we feel, oh, I guess they deserved it, or, or that's what they get, right? Especially sometimes when we see the tragedies of, 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 um, of drunk driving, of, of addictions to, to, to drugs and sex and gambling and all other things. And, and sometimes we see the lives of the those who are suffering from addictions um, go down on their own spiral, losing their jobs, losing their homes, losing their families, their friends, and they wind up being on the streets. We can see the, we can see this very vividly here in Philadelphia, in the Kensington area, and and other places too. Where if you just drive past, you you see so many people who are still getting off of of their high from their drugs and they're like zombies. And, and sometimes you're really moved. You're moved with pity and compassion for them. But sometimes we, we pass judgment. We say, well, 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 they deserved it. They, they made their own decision. And, 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 and this is, this is what they get. We're not here to justify their actions, but we are called to see them as God sees them and to treat them as God would treat them. We're not to equate them with their decisions. We're not to equate them with the drugs or the alcohol or anything else that, that they may have um, um, partaken in that may cause them to, to wind up in the way that they are. We're called to see them as God sees us. We're called to see them and everyone at their innermost dignity, which is God's beloved, that they are made in the image and likeness of God. That's what our Lord is trying to tell us, right? That, that don't think that just because someone looks messed up, that someone looks inferior, that they are. Because in God's eyes, we're all one and the same. We're all his beloved. And I'll, I'll conclude with a brief um, comment on the last word of Jesus' words, this parable about the fig tree, how um, there was a person who, 
who, who, who had a fig tree planted. And for three years, um, he came and looked for, for fruit, but there was none. There was none. And so he says, he says you know what, just, just cut it down. Just cut it down. And the gardener says, no, 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 let's give it one more year. I'll cultivate it. I'll, I'll fertilize it. I'll water it. I'll, I'll, and then maybe it'll bear fruit in the, in the future. If it doesn't, then cut it down. Some, some commentators of, of, of the scriptures say that the three years that our Lord mentions in his parable um, is related to, to, to the three years of Jesus' public ministry, ministering to the people who have seemed to be not be bearing fruit. The people were not bearing good fruit. They have forgotten their covenant. They have forgotten who God was. They have forgotten I am. And it went about their own ways. But our Lord pleads, let's be patient. Give, them, give me one more year. Give me some more time and I'll fertilize it. Maybe good fruit will be born. Ultimately, we know that our Lord was arrested. He was scourged, crowned with thorns, and he was crucified. So, so in some ways, he was cut down. He was hung on a tree, the wood that was cut down, but he was hung up. But yet, what happened? He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He took on our sins, and he, he allowed them to be nailed with him on a cross, putting sin and death, taking care of them, conquering them once and for all. So that new fruit, so that good fruit might be born. And look at us today. God is patient. And in the fullness of time, God sent his only son to save us. Look at the church today. Yes, we have our problems. But 2,000 years later, we're still here, not because of any work of man, but because our Lord, who is the divine gardener, continues to cultivate us, continues to fertilize us and feed us with water and sunlight, meaning his graces, his sacraments, <coughs> so that we might bear good fruit. Remember, brothers and sisters, as we continue with our Lenten journey, let us allow the Lord to work within us and let us now draw close to him who has drawn so close to us. Brothers and sisters, may we persevere in our Lenten observances and our practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving so that when the time comes and when we meet our maker, we can say, here, Lord, here's some of the fruits that by your grace, I was able to bring about. Have a good week, brothers and sisters. And until next time, God bless you. I'm praying for you. And please pray for me. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at 
belovedsonministry.org.